Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 13th of November 2016, entitled Never Forget. And the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Open your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading in the Gospel of John chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. If we get the context of our reading and read down through verse 17, I invite you to stand this morning in honor of the reading of God's holy word. John chapter 15 and verse 1. Remember, this is Jesus speaking on his way to Gethsemane. He says, I am the true vine and my father the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for this place, this time that we can have together today. Now, Lord, as you alone know the hearts of each one that will be listening to this sermon, I pray that you would do the work that only you can do. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory for it. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We may ask ourselves because sometimes there are certain things like 
Certain times of the year when we celebrate certain things, when it comes to Easter, you can almost be assured that the Scripture text is going to be taken from several of those passages in God's Word that expresses the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ for good reason. Around Christmas time, as we focus and think upon the birth of Jesus Christ into this world, it's natural for us to turn to those places in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it is a traditional thing that we do here the last Sunday before Christmas. On that morning, we always have a traditional carol service when we have all of the readings from all of those different passages of Scripture describing the birth of our Lord and have carols in between those readings because that's what we're focusing our minds upon. This is often a verse that we think of on this Remembrance Sunday. We said earlier when we were honoring with the two minutes of silence and the reading of the poems that we need to remember. This day is set up as a day of remembrance. And as we remember this, there is no greater verse, and you've certainly heard me and others, I'm sure, turn to this passage, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. There are other passages we can and do sometimes look like it, but there is no more appropriate passage than this. I've come up with lots of different titles and different focuses. I think it was last year, the year before, that we looked on the thought of no greater love. I'm pretty sure it was about three years ago that we looked at this with the simple thought of lest we forget. I've simply entitled our thoughts today, Never Forget. I started to call it Remember, Remember. We just passed Remember, Remember the 5th of November. Remember, Remember. Remember the fallen. <laughs> but I really want us to just focus on this fact that they did pay the ultimate sacrifice for us. And we ought to remember the great price that has been paid that you and I here today were not glorying in the death of anyone. We are thankful for the freedoms that we have to even gather here and to worship our God as we see fit today. We are thankful for the freedoms that we have as a people when even today as we gather here, we can look around this world and we can see that there are so many that don't have those same freedoms and liberties that we have, and yet we just take them so for granted sometimes. They didn't come free. They cost a lot. They cost someone paying the ultimate price, not for their future, but for yours. As we look at this passage, and of course it is a very familiar passage as we think of Jesus as he's preparing to leave this earth and to return to the Father in heaven, and he's reminding them of how important it is for them to stay connected to him, abiding in him, continually being there in him, and it is a fact, folks, that if we are truly, genuinely abiding in Jesus Christ, there will be fruit that is going to be produced, fruit 
that we can never, ever, ever produce on her own. It is no accident that amidst this speaking of the fruit, as we have read here this morning, that there is this tremendous passage on love. Now, as I said, Jesus is on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane here where he knew that he was going to be betrayed. He knew that he was going to be arrested. He is trying to prepare these disciples, these followers of his for his departure because he's called them out and they've been walking with him, but now he's going to be leaving them. Chapters 13 and 14 recorded the the events that took place as he celebrated the last Passover with them, as he instituted the Lord's Supper for us to follow afterwards. Chapters 15 through 17 here record this conversation that he's having with them on his way to Gethsemane. And in these first nine verses here of chapter 15, he's just focusing upon the importance that even though he's not going to be here physically, the branches need to be abiding in the vine. Even though he's not here physically today, that same truth applies to us. We need to be abiding in the vine. That's the only way for us to be healthy. It's the only way for us to be fruitful. The believer, the one that truly puts his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he is the branch. Abiding in Christ, the vine, the source of all we are, the source of our very life itself, that's how we stay healthy. It's the healthy tree that produces the fruit just this past year. Brother Rob's been helping us. We've whacked down a lot of trees out of our garden. <laughs> a lot of them that used to be there. One of them was an apple tree. And that apple tree used to bear lots of fruit every year. It would bear these apples and uh, they made some good apple cobblers and apple pies. And we find that some years back it just quit producing we can never figure out exactly what was unhealthy about it, but no matter what we did, there was no fruit being produced. In the end, we had to cut it down. <laughs> and that's the picture he's giving us here. You know, if, if the branch isn't producing, then the one that tends the vineyard, the trees, they'll be just whacked off. There's no point for them to stay. Anyone not abiding in Christ, ultimately, may I say this with as much love as I can, if we're not abiding in him, we're fit for nothing. We can do nothing without him. We'll never produce fruit that's going to amount to anything. But after giving this such descriptive talk on the, on the, the branch and the vine, in verse 9 here, he, he declares his love for his disciples as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. A love just like the perfect love of the Father. But of course, Jesus, in sharing those same attributes, that's the same love that he's loved them with. <laughs> and he's directing them to 
continue in that love, in his love. There's no question of Christ's perfect love for them. It's as certain as anything in this world can ever be. It couldn't be more certain. And it's permanent. It's not something that's based upon what we do or what we don't do or where we go or where we don't go. Do you understand today? His love for you is so perfect that there is nothing in the world, nothing that you could do. You couldn't become a great enough preacher. You couldn't win enough people to Christ. You cannot make him love you anymore. He loves you completely, forever. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you any less. (laughs) He commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. He loves you with that perfect love, and that's what he's trying to direct them here, to continue in that same love, one for another. He says in verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If. There's a condition. There is a condition for this perfect love to continue. There is a condition. He uses that term abide in a number of these verses in the preceding verses before this. You see, it's not the love that's in question here. The love is as certain and as permanent as it could be. It exists without question. The question is, are we? Are we continuing in that same abiding love that is there for us? If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. The love isn't in question there. It's only our obedience. Our obedience that will define whether we are abiding in that love or whether we are separated from those joys of that love that he wants for us. What separates a sin? Disobedience to God's commands. That's what always separates us from our holy God. That's what keeps us from experiencing the fullness of the joy of his love. Jesus, the sinless son of God, continually abiding in that love because He never one time, never one time broke his father's commandments. (laughs) There was nothing to separate him from that love. You see, for us, the if is if we are going to obey or disobey the only thing. God's love is never in question. The only thing that can separate you from that abiding love is if you disobey him, his commandments, sin. He says in the next verse, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. How important is it for us as believers to continually abide in the love of Christ? The devil's always trying to get you to think anything, to do anything that he possibly can just to break that love. 
to bring that love into question, whether it's with God or with those around you. Jesus is speaking of this matter of continually abiding in his love because it's only then that we can truly know that joy. He's not trying to ask something of us here to make life harder. He's trying to show us how that we can truly know the joy that can be ours by abiding in his love. He wants your joy to be to be full. Something's full. You can't get any fuller when it's full. That's how you want your joy to be. Full. A joy unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible speaks of. He says, this is my commandment. You've got to obey if you're going to abide in his love. This is, see, some people kind of think that as a condition. Well, he's just saying that he's only going to love us if we do this or that. No, his love is there. It's always there. If we don't separate ourselves from it, if we would just follow his commandments, be obedient to him, keep the sin out of the thing, that we can abide in his love. We find that he said, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. That means loving each other just like he did unconditionally. Loving each other perfectly, forgiving, selfless, sacrificial, a giving love, the agape love, the only kind of love that God knows. What is the ultimate test of whether we love someone? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The ultimate way of showing that your love is unconditional, that it's perfect, that it's forgiving, that it's selfless, that it's sacrificial, that it's all those things that his love is, is to love like Christ loved us, to love in the way that he loved us and being willing to pay the ultimate price. That's what's necessary if we're going to abide in his love and know the full joy that he wants for us, you've got to be willing. Honestly, from your heart, be willing to make the greatest sacrifice of all if it's necessary. One life for another. I, I ask you, don't answer out loud. Don't look at the person sitting next to you. They might be able to read your face, but right now, if necessary, would you lay down your life and give your life right now to never take another breath if it simply meant the person beside you could keep living? You see, he's saying that's the test of how perfect our love really is for someone. There is no greater love than to be willing to sacrifice everything, all that you are, all of your future, all that it is for them that they can live instead. Wow, that's a pretty big test. <laughs> Our life for another. And of course, remember, <laughs> as Jesus is speaking these words to his followers here, 
He knows he's on his way to the cross. <laughs> he knows. He is explaining to them how much he loves them, and he knows he's getting ready to show them without question just how much he does love them. He's getting ready to pay that ultimate price. He says in verse 14, after saying, No greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Jesus knows that he's about to lay his life down. There is no question about that. And he's telling them here that they are his friends. All those that are following him and obeying him, they're his friends. Only a true believer in Jesus Christ is the friend of Jesus. But all who believe truly are indeed his friend. He just got through telling them back in verses Chapter 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Back there, it was, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says here, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. You can't, on the one hand, say I'm a friend of Jesus Christ. I love him, but I'm not going to follow what he says. <laughs> you see, it's just like so many things in our life. It's not the condition of obeying the command in order for him to love you. The reality is that if you really love him, it will show in your obedience to him. It's evidence of the love that comes from within. It's not what makes the love be there. He's saying, if you love me, you're going to be living by my word. You're going to be living your life according to what I ask of you. You find that in verse 15, he says, Here's forth I call you no more servants, but the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. No greater love hath any man than that he lay down his life for his friends. I'm telling you, you're my friends. You're the ones I'm going to lay my life down for. You're the ones I'm willing to pay that price because I love you so very much. Ye have not chosen me, he said, but I have chosen you and ordained you, have set you apart that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. I've chosen you. I've chosen you to abide in me so that your life, your life is not going to be a wasted life. Your life is not going to be lived for no reason, but I've chosen you. I've set you apart to be a part of me, to be connected to me, to be abiding in me, so that your life can bring forth fruit and actually count for something and produce something that really, really matters. You see, these aren't, Either ors. He's showing us what it truly means to abide in Christ, to be one with Him. Jesus chose to be our friend. He chose to set us apart from this world so that He could accomplish His work through us, giving us everything that we need to be fruitful through Him. 
The only fruit that's going to remain is the true fruit that's produced through him for eternity. These things I command you that you love one another. How is the reality of it all going to be seen? (laughs) What's the result of that kind of relationship of truly being one with Christ? By loving one another. That's where the evidence comes in. Remember these simple thoughts today. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. On this Remembrance Sunday, never forget. Remember the fallen. Remember the fallen in battles of mankind. I could give you all kind of numbers today, but in some 150, wars that have been fought in just over a hundred years since World War I began about, what, a hundred and a couple of years ago? Something like 250 million lives have been lost in battle. There was over 9 million lost in World War I. Nobody knows the other numbers. It's estimated at somewhere between 50 and 85 million that were lost in World War II. Never forget. We need to remember that many of the fallen in battle, they have laid down their lives for others. They have showed their ultimate love. They paid the ultimate price. Never forget those that have fallen in the battles of mankind. But folks, never forget the one that's fallen in battle for mankind. Oh, yes, a battle against the ultimate. If our text, in our text, Jesus clearly, clearly had the cross in view of everything that he was saying here. When he spoke these words, he was speaking to you today. These words are just as true today as when they were penned some 2,000 years ago. He chose you to be his friend and he loved you enough to lay down his life to show you how much he loved you. You know, the names are too many even if we had time to call them here today. All those that have fought and laid down their lives in the battles of mankind. There's always a winner and a loser. Some battles are won, some battles are lost but the sacrifices are always there. But one fault, one, his name was Jesus. His was not a battle of mankind, but a battle for mankind, a battle for you, a battle for your soul for all of eternity, and the victory was resoundingly won. Satan was defeated there. He was defeated for all of eternity when Jesus Christ (laughs) Satan thought he was getting rid of Jesus. He didn't know what was going to happen when Jesus took that last breath. (laughs) He didn't know he was going to enter into Hades and set all those captives free, praise God. (laughs) He didn't know. The blood that he was shedding was paving the way for all those that would believe to spend eternity with him.
John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus said, No man taketh it from me, speaking of his life, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. He knew the cross was before him, but he knew he came to die so that he could take that life again, that he could defeat sin, that he could defeat Satan, that he could defeat death for you, that last enemy. Never forget. Never forget the fallen. Remember them. Never forget, remember the freedom. They laid down their life for a friend. Friends, family, the country they loved so that you could be free. They paid the price for you. Freedom through the sacrifices of our soldiers, the freedoms that we enjoy day by day and don't even stop to to think about the freedoms that we just take for granted, the freedom of the tyranny of sinful men. Believe me, God does not ordain these battles They come from the sin and the wickedness of man. That's ultimately why we destroy each other. I wonder if I ask you today. If I had time, I'd go around, but I'm fighting the clock like always. But today, what freedom are you really thankful for? Here today, have you stopped and thought about your own freedoms, your own liberties? What are you thankful for? Do you realize that somebody paid the price for you to have that freedom? Even the freedom to be here sitting in that seat today, it cost somebody their life. Remember the freedom. The freedom through the sacrifice of our soldiers, but the freedom through the sacrifice of our Savior. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Freedom from Satan. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Why did Jesus take part in that flesh and that blood? That through death, He might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil and deliver them, you, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We were in bondage to sin. We were slaves to it and to Satan. Jesus, Jesus paid the price to free you from Satan. Did I move that around? To free you from sin. Romans 6, and 23, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Galatians 5, 1, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. (laughs) 
So many believers, when they're set free from the bondage of this world, they entangle themselves again in those same bondages. Galatians 5, 13 and 14, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. Listen, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We don't have time to go through all that this morning. In fact, it's one of the things we looked at at the Bible college this past week. There's only one way for the law to be fulfilled in your life, and that's by love. You love. And what he's saying, it all hinges on that. That's the greatest commandment. You can get all your do's and don'ts and everything down pat without love. It's worthless. Never forget. Never forget. Remember the fallen. Remember the freedom that they fell for. Remember the future. <laughs> the future for which they died. You see, when someone lays down their life for a friend, <laughs> they're not doing it for their own future. They're doing it for the future of somebody they love. Future that was given to us here on this earth. The many that have given their lives for their family and friends, they've done it. They've done it for the future that it affords those family and friends that they have here on earth. Our future was preserved for us through the sacrifices of those who loved us enough to pay for it. The lives that we enjoy day by day on this earth were made possible because we live in their future and they cared enough about our future to give up their own. Have they not loved us enough to care about us being here today? We would undoubtedly be in different lives than where we are right now. Remember the future, the future that was given us on earth. But folks, remember the future that was given us in eternity. Hebrews chapter 4, I mean chapter 14 Verses 1 to 3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen to these next words. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Don't ever think that Jesus enjoyed the cross. There was nothing good about the cross that he felt. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Consider him. Consider him, the joy that was set before him, 
the future that he saw in your life being able to be lived. John chapter 14, those so familiar words just before telling them this great truth in, in chapter 15, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. What does he say next? <laughs> Where's he going? I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for who? I go to prepare a place for Andrew. I go to prepare, prepare a place for Rivka, for Malcolm, for Peter. You can put all your names in there. Jesus, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, guess what? I'm coming again to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross and all of its shame. He said, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. Never forget. Never forget. The future that many fallen sacrificed themselves has given you a past, a present, and a future here on earth. They gave their future that you might have yours. But friends, most of all, remember the future that Christ gave you for all of eternity. He endured the worst suffering of all time because the future that he saw before him for eternity was your future. That was the joy, your future, seeing your sins forgiven seeing you defeat the enemy, seeing you with him in glory. Never forget. May we never forget. Remember the fallen. The fallen, yes, that fell for us here in this life, but the one that fell for us on Calvary. Remember, it was all for you. Remember the freedom those soldiers gave us the freedom that we have here, but our Savior gave us the freedom for all of eternity. Never forget. Never forget the future. The future that you have is because of those that have been willing to lay down their lives, first of all, for you to have a future here on earth, but Jesus did it for your future in heaven for all of eternity. Today, do you know that Jesus? Do you know him with certainty? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt, friends? He wants to be your friend. He's chosen you. He died seeing you, wanting you to accept that forgiveness that he has to for you. Remember, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. But that eternal life is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to encourage you today. Believers, Christians, let us not forget and be grateful for the day that we have today and the future that we have here and for eternity. But if you don't know that, whatever else you're holding on to, if it's religion, 
it's your own standing before God, whatever that it might be, Jesus fell for you. Today, he proved his love for you by dying on the cross for you, but you need to accept that of your own free will, of your own choice. He chose you. He died for you. Will you accept that and receive that today, Father? We thank you today, Lord, that, Lord, as we've quickly been reminded in these verses, Lord, no, no greater love hath any man than this. There is no greater love than this one, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Thank you, Lord, for laying down your life for us. And I pray today, if there be one in our midst that has never accepted that, please, Lord, deal with their hearts. Show them their need today. Help them not to leave here today with those uncertainties still there. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us as a people to not forget the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid for us. And, Lord, help us not to forget the sacrifice of those that have gone before us that have laid down their lives, that we can still be here today. We give you praise for these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. <music>